InvestTalk listeners ask Steve and Justin what they use for their winning investment research. And the answer is YCharts, quality data with easy-to-use tools. Start your free trial now at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me today on Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, November 6th, and that means it's midterm election day. Have you noticed that it's much darker out there when you leave the workplace each day? Daylight savings time is over, and Thanksgiving is just a couple of weeks away. My favorite holiday. I'm looking forward to it. I'm Steve Peasley, everybody, and I welcome to Invest Talk. The weekday financial program that has one clear objective. We've always had this one clear objective, helping you grow and protect your investments, help you become a better investor. And of course, we welcome your phone calls all about investing and the investing questions you have. 888-99-CHART is our number. If you have any free time over the next couple of days, I invite you to check out our new online training experience, Invest Talk Academy. It debuted last Thursday. With uh, I I did it. Justin started and I did it. He had technical difficulties. Justin will be doing it tomorrow. I'll be doing it next week. It's every week. Every week. We look forward to it. It seems like it'll be fun to me. I think it'll be a lot of very good learning experience. It's kind of fun. It's going to be, you know, it's a, it's a class. It's a class on learning how to invest your money, how to protect it, how to grow it, how to understand uh, fundamental, technicals, the economy, just a broad swath, everything you need to know about investing. That's investing, and you can sign up for it. It's $69 a month, one class a week, uh, Best Talk Academy, and we always archive the classes. You can listen to them as many times as you want. The midterm election should be decided fairly soon. They'll be done by late tonight sometime. The polls are going are still open right now. A couple of polls are closed, but most of them won't close for a few hours. So it's going to take, it's going to be all night kind of thing to see what really happens. So what will happen? What's going to happen to the market? Will the market, will there be a split decision on the return elections or will there be something different? Now, many market experts seem to think along these three or four outcomes. Outcome A, if there's no split, meaning Republicans keep the House and increase their numbers in the Senate, the market goes up. B, split decision. Republicans lose the House and keep the Senate. The market goes up. C, the Democrats take the House and the Senate. The market goes down. There's a fourth possibility. No matter what happens with the election, the market may remain largely unchanged. Why do I feel like that's what's going to happen? So what do you think will happen? Should investors be worried? Here's a better question. What's happened to stocks after every midterm election since World War II? World War since World War II was that 76 years or so? I'm going to talk about that and give you some very interesting statistics, I think. Before I get to that, though, let's make time for a caller question. You know our number is always the same, 888-99-CHART. Hey, um, I have a question about my 401k. I am 24 years old and I have 100% of my 401k invested in an S&P index fund. 
And I was wondering if you think that that is a bad idea. I'm young and I'm keeping an eye on it, but I was wondering if having it in an S&P index fund is a bad idea. Um, let me know what you think. Thank you, and I love your show. No, that's not a bad idea at all. No, uh-uh. If you're young, staying in the S&P 500 represents about 80% of the market capitalization of the entire stock market. So it's over time, it will go up. Now, there'll be periods of time when you're 24, by the time you're 65, 70 years old, there'll be periods of times where it'll go down. There could be several years where it goes down. But if you stay in it and not panic out of it, you'll do just fine. You'll make decent returns. You'll make 9 10% on average a year for the next 50 or 60 years. So, no, there's nothing wrong with staying in the S&P 500. Now, you know, there's other things you can do, but, you know, you asked if there's something wrong with that. No, nothing wrong with that. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. So, midterm elections, the most important story today, and it's everywhere, how, you know, everywhere in financial news media, is how investors might react to the results of the midterm elections. So, no matter which party you support, doesn't matter. What will, we, we're just going to go through the numbers. Do you know what's happened to stocks after every midterm election since World War II? After every midterm election since World War II. There's, what, 17, 18 of them. 18 of them. The good news is, even though many Americans are on edge about politics, the political polarization is causing anxiety for investors who have enjoyed a pretty decent stock market rally since Trump took office. But let's focus solely on relevant facts here, not, not what people thought or think or like or dislike. Don't care. Let's talk about what happens after a midterm election, no matter if it's Republicans taking over, Democrats taking over, a split decision of who's over all these 18 uh, uh, midterm elections, there's been all kinds of different iterations of who took over what power, okay? After the 18 midterm elections, 12 months after that period, the market has gone up 18 times, 100% of the time in the last 72 years. 100% of the time. 18 out of 18. Now, 18 is not a large number to test to see if it's uh, statistically valid. It probably is too small of a number. But that's what's happened since 1946. Guess how much the average return is within that year of a midterm election? 17%. 17%. <laughs> if you measure from the yearly midterm lows, the results even more impressive. It's like 32% from the low. <laughs> but, but, but you know, you, you have to be impressed with the number. And, of course, the 19th election could be the one that doesn't work. I mean, that's always possible. But, man, you certainly want to go with the odds. And just so you, just to keep you on your toes, leading up to the midterm elections, U.S. stocks in the last 18 of these midterm elections, leading up to it, before the election, from January to October, the stock market has dropped around 1% every time. 
<laughs> Isn't that interesting? I, I find that there was an article that was on on the uh, Market Watch. It was very. I, I read that and then reread it to see if I got that right. So for all the market gy gyrations in the past few weeks, the S and P is roughly flat this year, right? If we stay on script, we should expect the market to surge in November, December, January, February, March within the next twelve months, no matter what happens in this election. That doesn't mean it goes straight up. It could crash and then go up. I mean, it could have a, it could have a correction again. But after a 12-month period, it's always been up. So, yeah, do you bet on that? Well, I, I think you, I think you do. I think you stay with the odds. You stay in the market. You try to take advantage of it. You may be wrong, but you stay in the market. So if you want to talk about it, or if you want to talk to me or Justin, or want us to take a look at your portfolio to see if it's invested in a good, it's in a good situation for the upcoming uh, marketplace, you can call our Dana Point office in California. 800-557-5461 is the number. 800-557-5461. Or just email me at investtalk.com. You can email me. Be happy to do that. Okay, now for the radio show. I invite you to ask any financial questions you might have. And the radio show number is 888-99-CHART. Always has been for the last 20 years or so. 888-99-CHART. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'll be returning to San Jose tomorrow. There might be, I think I have one remaining slot open in the afternoon. So you got to get on it if you want it. You can get the free no-obligation portfolio review. Talk to me about anything financial. Sign up at investtalk.com. But now I'm ready to take your questions. 888-99-CHART. Do you ever wonder whether your current investment strategy is working as well as it could, as well as it should? Well, if you explore the list of strategic investing programs offered to clients of KPP Financial, and you can do this anytime at investtalk.com, you can quickly see just what you may be missing. Okay, the phone lines are open. Steve is here and he's ready for your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. We're going to go talk to Gene in North Carolina. How you doing, Gene? Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. I uh, wanted to mention to you what I thought would be the stock market would not like to see from the results of this uh, election today. Sure. Sure. And that is, it doesn't like, the stock market doesn't like uncertainty, right? That's a, that's a usual yes. generic phrase, right? Correct. Remember what happened? Correct. It does with, not. In the year 2000 with Bush versus Gore? where the results were not known for a while because they had to do all the recounting with the hanging right. pads and all that? What I remember if, that, but I don't remember what the market did. It, it was, I think it was, it, it, it wasn't positive. I think it, it didn't know which way to go. Okay. So uh, anyway, uh, I, I think if, if, if some of the results, um, if the results today were that the the Democrats won many, um, gained many House seats, but some of them were not, right. were still contested, or it, the amount that was hanging in the balance was still being contested for some reason, 
where it wasn't known whether they had enough to have the majority of the house. I think that would, right. and so they wouldn't know who, which, which party would be in the majority next year, whether it was the Democrats or the Republicans. I think that would, I think, I think the market would not be happy with that, knowing, not knowing which, which way, which, which, which party would hold the majority and have, they'd have to wait for more things to be ironed out, things recounts done, things like that. Anything that delays the results. So, so do you think if they, the results are delayed because of that kind of question, that the market would fall. I don't. I don't think it would go up. I think it would be volatile, and it may okay, may deal so with up the amount down. of rhetoric that goes back and forth between two parties arguing with each other. I think that's possible. I think we could have the volatility. Your suggestion. I'm not convinced that it go down much, but it could. It, we could get another little 10 percent correction. That would not surprise me. Uh, what I remember, 15. yeah, what I remember from the year 2000 was everyone was waiting. You know, everyone expected the results to be at least the the election to be over. And when it's not over, and it's right. still the topic is still hanging around, everyone just has high anxiety. It's like a problem that yeah. they want to clear and, off the desk and it's still hanging around. So, and that goes to cents. your first comment where the yeah, that's where it goes to your first comment where the market does not like uncertainty. It 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 will do fine if. If one party wins over the other party, or the the majority loses the majority and it goes to the other party, I think the market, long as it knows, it doesn't right. really have. It won't be a problem. I. But you're right. If there is an unknown factor that if that lingers, yeah, the you market will be volatile. Yeah, if you remember so. with Bush versus Gore. Remember, it had it had to go to the Supreme Court and oh, everyone's protesting. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's yelling at each yeah. other. So I think that lasted for about yeah. a month or so, or, or at least a month. Yeah, it did. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate the call, Thanks, Gene. Lot, Thank you. Yeah. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'll remind you of a policy phrase we display on the Invest Talk homepage. The Invest Talk commitment to reason and common sense guidance can help make you a better investor. And it's true. We're dedicated to unbiased guidance. And I thank you for listening, everybody. I really do. The phones are now open, and I'm ready for your questions. Give me a call at 888 99Chart. You are listening to Invest Talk, streamed and broadcast live Monday through Friday afternoons in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific Time and available 24 7 via podcast replays at investtalk.com. Have you got a question for Steve? He's here and the lines are open. 888 99 Chart. 888 992 4278. We're going to talk to Vitaly in Atlanta. How you doing, Vitaly? We're talking about Apple Computer. Yes. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, yeah, actually, I had a question about call option. Um, I bought a call option for expiration date of uh, 4-18-2019. Uh, okay. And uh-huh. I bought it right the date. Uh, I bought it right on the date that we saw that huge fall on Apple, where it lost about like 10%, okay. if not more, in about two days. Uh, so at this point, I'm trying yes, to figure sir. out whether I should be getting out of Apple. Um, the Apple break-even price that I have is 232, and I'm not sure if I'm 
I should just dump it while I still can before it hurts me anymore. Or if this is something that you can see possibly rebounding. I'm, I'm convinced Apple will rebound Fatali. I'm convinced it will rebound, rebound. I just don't know if it'll go to 232 by April. I think that's a real strong possibility that it could. Uh, because it's not that expensive fundamentally. Uh, the, the fundamentals show us is at a fairly inexpensive price at this price, $203 a share, Apple. So therefore, I think the more fair price is around 220 around that. I don't know if it'll get back to 232 though. That was near its high. Yeah, Yeah, my strike was 220 for April of next year, but uh, the break-even price, is, it says on here, is 232. So, um, yeah, I'm guessing with momentum, I would definitely want to get out and just, you know, not to lose money, but I just wanted to get yeah, your opinion of yeah. Apple uh, through April of next yeah. year. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think, I think you'll get a nice bounce between now and April. Just not convinced it's going to go above 230. I think that would be a bit more difficult to do that. I really do. Thanks for calling, call Vitality. I appreciate that. Let's talk to Chris in Pittsburgh. How you doing, Chris? Hey, Steve. Um, I'm good. How you doing? Good. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I wanted to know your opinion on Weight Watchers. I actually sold all my shares right before it crash on Friday and oh, good it's, for you. it's going down. I don't know if I should get back in it or what do you think? I, I, my, my, there, there's a philosophical question here is do you keep buying a stock that it keeps going down? And the philosophical question is no, even if it looks like a good bargain, not yet. You want to buy strength. You want to stop going down Chris and start its way back up before you buy it. Now, Weight Watchers, symbol WTW, provides weight control programs through weekly meetings. They have about a million members. Okay. Uh, they have done very well. I mean, a couple of years ago, this stock was, you know, $10, $11 a share. I mean, it's got, in 2015, yeah, it's got as low as $3. Yeah. So you yeah. did really good. Now, right now, if it was a real bargain at this price, it, I would you know you might want to consider it, but it's not a real bargain because it's still kind of expensive. So don't don't get excited that it's cheap now because it's falling down here. I, I think you wait, you be patient, wait till the trade sideways and start up, then you could step into it. But I think it's going to go down further. I think it's going to go down to the low forties, forty dollars a share. I can see it hitting forty easy. Okay. So don't get into it yet. Chris, thank you very much. Well, Weight Watchers, everybody. Uh, WTW. Today's main talking point, the five health benefits, the five health benefit enrollment mistakes that can cost you some big bucks in 2019. More than, not, more than 9 out of 10 workers choose to roll over their same plan selections when they get options. Not everybody gets an option, but many do. Uh, and that may not be their best choice. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, I want to talk about things that are more important to you than the elections. 
Okay, I know everybody's talking about it, but maybe it's not. And do you know who Mark Mobius is? He used to be the star uh, fund manager for Franklin Templin, and he went out on his own. And his specialty is emerging markets. He has some comments about the U.S.-China trade talks that I thought I'd share with you. And I want to share long-term bond and bond returns and inflation numbers. They're pretty interesting. Um, and uh, you know, so there's statistics I just kind of want to share with you so you can make a better decision whether you want to be in bonds or stocks or you know what inflation is like in the past, present, what it should be like in the future, those kind of numbers. And that's what we're going to discuss today. The market itself was up 173 points on the Dow, up 47 points on the NASDAQ, up 17 points on the S&P. It doesn't seem like the market the last few days is too worried about the elections, does it? Tomorrow on InvestTalk, the, phenomenal, uh, the, the phenomena of spending more money once you begin to make more money. I can talk to that. I had that happen to me. I did that personally. How lifestyle creep can ruin your future. That story is tomorrow. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm ready to take your questions now at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Charts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. Charts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use Charts every day. Charts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. This is InvestTalk. And if you live anywhere in Northern California, time is running out. Steve will be returning to San Jose tomorrow. Steve's portfolio review appointments are free, but space is limited. Register at investtalk.com. All right, you've got finance and investment questions, and you can get unbiased answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Okay, five health benefits enrollment mistakes could cost you in 2019. 
So about three out of four workers said they are at least in some parts their coverage they don't understand. I'm surprised that's that low. I think it's more people don't understand what they're what's covered. Insurance plans with health savings accounts offer a tax savings opportunity, but in 2019 the minimum annual deductible was 1,350 bucks. That's not a lot. 2,700 for a family. More than nine out of ten workers choose to roll over their same plan. So these are plans that if you have a choice, your employer offers you different kinds of plans: HMO, PPO, different kinds. Because you know, I even do it for my little small office. Um, and most people just keep the same plan year after year after year because it's pretty confusing. And it is confusing. More than 90% of workers polled said they just keep the benefits year after year after year because it's too confusing, too hard. But, man, you really need to start looking at them because sometimes these, these plans don't stay static. They change every year. So really, I need to start looking at them a little bit closer to see if I really want to stay. You know, what they've been doing is getting a little sneaky. They increase the copay or they increase the deductible. And what you really want to look at is your out-of-pocket expenses per year. Increase your copay on drugs or remember I talked about last week where you know some sometimes the copay on the drugs is more expensive than the drugs themselves. So you got to really start paying attention to this because it's going to cost you real money, real money out of your pocket. So I want you to just start to make sure that you're getting the best plan that you can because they will change. Even the same plans and the same name, they can change the benefits. And I know it's difficult because this is all legalese, but you can understand deductibles and co-pays and those kinds of things, things out of your pocket. Okay. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Many investors, listeners, call our anytime listener line at all hours of the day and night. And that's okay. We don't mind that. We welcome your calls. And here's one that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Yes, hi. This is Xavier from uh, Factories. I was just wondering if you could give your opinion on uh, packaging uh, company, symbols PKG. I have a position in it down about 18 19%. So I know buy, sell, or hold. Your opinion. Thank you. Okay, packaging companies, uh, uh, boxing companies, they they work really great coming out of a recession. But late in an economic expansion like we are now, they start to not work. And not because they're not making money. It's because everybody knows they're late in a section, uh, uh, late in the expansion of the economy and in recessions these stocks really they're very cyclical they really take it on the chin so they start to fail before the economy starts to roll down and that's probably what you're seeing here this is packaging company of america pkg is a symbol manufactures container board and corrugated packaging for the food beverage paper and agricultural markets their sales have gone up 10, 12% every quarter, quarter after quarter, quarter, and they went up in the most recent quarter, 10%. Not failing. So what happened? What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. Nothing. They pay a 3.3% dividend. The P ratio is 13. They're going to make $8 this year, and they're $96 stock, and next year going to make $8.67. And it's still a $96. So we're talking about 11 PE or so. 
and the five-year range is 10 to 21. Turn equity is 29. There's nothing wrong with this company. It looks great. So how come it went sideways all year and then started falling in October hard? Now, it's recovered now from that bottom in October, but it fell from 117 down to 85. Now it's back to 96. You're having a bounce, and I think that it could recover close to its old highs, but I would take that opportunity to get out because you're late in the economic cycle. Yeah, the economy is still going to grow, and will probably still grow into next year. No one knows how late we're in, we are. How late is late in the economic cycle? And you know, obviously, some investors taking advantage of saying, okay, I don't want to be anywhere near this at this time. So, you know, this stock went down, what, almost 30% in the in October correction? That's how painful that what this one has been. So I'd use this bounce up as a reason to get out, not not to stay in. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we stream and broadcast Invest Talk live at the four to five hour every Monday through Friday, every weekday. And it's also available 24 hours a day, seven days a week via archive podcast at investtalk.com. So be sure to subscribe to the Invest Talk podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Then take a second to rate and review. And now the lines are open. We are taking your financial investing questions live, so you can give me a call right now at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where they are committed to reason and common sense guidance, and that can help make you a better investor. And this philosophy is implemented for KPP clients and across all Invest Talk platforms, broadcast radio, live streaming, podcast replays, plus the KPP Premium Newsletter, Invest Talk webinars, and the new online training class, Invest Talk Academy. Principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have over 60 years of combined experience in portfolio and money management. You can reach out to Steve or Justin by calling their Dana Point, California KPP Financial Office or by sending them a message through investtalk.com. The Investtalk radio and podcast continues now. The phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, do you know how much, do you know, from 1926 to 2018, do you know what the average inflation rate is over that long period of time, almost 100 years? It's 2.9%. 2.9% for the U.S. US uh, economy. From 1926 to 1969, it was only 1.7%. Now, try to remember, though, the Great Recession in there was in was you know, from 1929 to 19, what, 30, 1941 or so. World War II, and that was deflationary. So it's kind of misleading to say there's 1.7% because that was in there to get out of that deflationary period first. 1970 to 1981, which is right around when I, you know, in the early 70s, I graduated from college and got my first real job in New York City, the inflation rate was 7.9%. And that's why it cost me 12.5% for a 30-year fixed mortgage in that period of time. 1982 to 2018, to last year, 2.7%. Where are we now? About that, 2.9, something like that. 
What's really interesting, though, is how do you think you know, bonds and stocks perform during this period? And the reason why we're talking about inflation and bonds and stocks is because the higher the inflation, the more, the more uh, reaction you'll get to bond prices and stock prices. So, the, when you're talking over from peak to trough for the S&P 500, takes about eight and a half years. For five-year treasury, from peak to trough, 40 years. 4-0. So, there's a difference. There's a massive difference between performance in S&P 500 and the bonds performance. That's just from peak to trough. We're not talking about overall returns. Now, the overall return can be a little bit better than that, but, you know, better than you would think. But inflation eats into everybody's return. So if inflation is like 3% rounded off and you're only making 3% on a 30-year bond, you're just running in place. You're not making money. You think you are because it's going. you're getting 3% at no risk. You think you're making 3%. No, not if inflation is 3%. Inflation sparks up to 5%, and now you're getting a little bit more from your 30-year bond or 10-year bond. You're getting 4%. You're, now you're losing money. You, so you got to consider inflation every time you buy bonds, and whether the stock market beats bonds and historically, the stock market has always beat bonds in performance. Now, the problem here is it, there be, can be times when that when the stock market can really take it on chin. Like 2008, okay, the market went down 50%, almost 50% for the S&P 500. That can be very painful. And remember, remember that it can take up to eight years or so from peak uh, from peak to trough, you know, from the high of the market down to the low of the market, back to the high. It can take up to eight and a half years for the S&P 500, okay? And it can take 12, 13 years sometimes just to break even. So you got to be really cognizant of where you are in your life and how can you survive that length of time and should you be in stocks and bonds based on where you are, your age? You know, can you, you know, if you need your money while it's in moving into the trough, you can be in big trouble. Okay, we have time to squeeze another question in. This call came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. I have a question that I wanted to ask about REITs. It would be better to hold in a 401k, traditional IRA, or a Roth IRA. I'll be listening. Thank you. Okay, I don't think there's much difference between those two because all the money you make in a REIT, which is dividend money, right? Dividend money. All that money is not taxed in either one of those. Now, the difference is in a Roth IRA, you never have to take the money. In a traditional IRA, you're going to have to start taking the money when you reach age 70 and a half, and now you're going to have to add it to your adjusted gross income. Okay? So, and then be taxed on that money that you take out of a traditional IRA. Roth, you never have to take it out. But then again, you're using after-tax dollars in your Roth versus pre-tax dollars. It's kind of a coin toss. So I don't know if it really makes a big deal of difference which, which where you put the REIT. I don't think so. 
Okay, 888.99 chart. Mark Mobius. Mark Mobius. He used to be the big star of Franklin Templeton's emerging market desk there. And he's a pretty smart fellow. And he says, and he's just been in a recent interview, he says that, you know, China is still going pretty strong at a pretty rapid pace, growth. But it, the rate is slowing. Its growth rate is slow, slowing. The problem he sees is growth. This growth that it's having is driven by central government debt pushed through, pushed through banks and provinces and companies, particularly state-owned companies. And that debt is ballooning. He says that's where the problem he, he sees. Now, recent GDP for uh, third quarter for China was 6.5%, but that's the lowest it's been in 10 years. 6.5 is a big, big, big number, but it's still the lowest it's been in 10 years. He went on to talk about China and its trade dispute with the United States. And he felt that China, if there's a full-blown trade war with China and the United States, China would be a big big loser. See, they love this surplus. He's saying that they love the surplus. It gives them extra $200 billion, whatever the surplus is every year, extra money to, to feed the debt, to feed their economy and loan out to, you know, their national companies and provinces and push through banks. So they're saying they don't want to give that up. If they give that up, that means unemployment probably start to rise. That means growth will probably start to slow up. They don't want to give up that surplus with us. Whereas, of course, we want to reduce that surplus. Because remember, every dime we ship overseas is a dime that's out of our pocket here in the United States, and it reduces our GDP. And it has been doing that for years. And it's we're trying to turn that around trying to do that do that now how do you do that it's pretty difficult remember we talked about apple computer and if they want if they even wanted to bring back all the manufacturing in the united states it would be extremely difficult because like you know 170 different companies some subsidies or companies produce the parts in like 17 different countries and all the parts are then shipped to china to assemble so it it's not that simple uh, you know, it's just not that simple to try to change that. It's going to take time. Anyways, I thought this was, you know, he's a pretty smart guy. And so he feels that uh, China's got some problems. But remember, they've had problems for forever. And they seem to just ignore them. This reminds me so much of the Japanese miracle in the 1980s. Okay, 1970s, 1980s. The Japanese were doing the exact same thing. They were growing crazily. And, you know, the United States was all worried that we're, you know, we're, we're going to be second place to Japan. But then that all came to a screeching halt. So uh, it's a very similar kind of path. This is Invest Talk, everybody, and I'm Steve Peasley. Our Tuesday show is wrapping up soon. We still have about 10 minutes left. We'd love to have you get in on the show. Give me a call. You can call now. Ask any investment questions you want. I'm taking your calls. Why? 888-99-CHART.
On the next Invest Talk, the phenomenon of spending more money once you begin to make more money can have serious financial consequences. How lifestyle creep can ruin your future. That story tomorrow. Now, Steve's here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve. Hey, Justin. This is Justin from Massachusetts. I had a question on Canopy Growth Company, ticker symbol CGC. My question was in regards to the IPO. Uh, it IPO'd in late May. From what I understand, it was already listed on the Canadian Stock Exchange. Typically, you guys advise to wait six months after an IPO um, to buy a stock. Does that same philosophy apply to this stock because it was already listed on the Canadian Stock Exchange prior to the end of May when it IPO'd and the New York Stock Exchange? I will hang up and listen to your answer on the podcast. Thank you. Well, the reaction won't be exactly the same because it, you're right, it's already been out there in the marketplace in Canada and now it is new to the U.S. market. So we have some information. I, I'm just going to tell you, CGC, Canopy Growth Corporation, Canadian-based company manufacturing and sells marijuana for medical, recreational, and cannabis consumers. I'm just going to say that the stock is very overvalued. They, they're not going to make money this year. They won't make money next year. In 2020, they're to make 22 cents a share, and the stock is selling for $42.59. So they only make 22 cents, and that's a huge markup for that. So you have to say, well, that's because of the growth potential, and that is correct. You look at the growth potential of the company, and does it support a $42 stock? And even then, I think that's pretty darn generous. Okay, they were growing at 100% a year ago in sales. Now, the two quarters ago, growth was 56%. And the last quarter, this most, uh, the, not the current quarter that we're getting reports from, the June quarter, they grew 63%. These are sales. It's an $8.5 billion company, but only doing about $100 million of sales a year. So it should be growing that fast if it's going to support, it's got to grow faster than that to support a $42 stock. But you won't have, because of the IPO and already being existing an existing company in Canada, you won't have insiders selling it after six months after the IPO because insiders, you know, it was already traded on the exchange up in Canada. Insiders already did that when it IPO'd in Canada whenever that happened. Now, so I don't know when that happened. So it's a highly speculative stock. Something that you can throw money at, but know full well that it's, you know, very speculative. Very speculative. Things that are more important to you than the election results you're going to see tonight. Like, what's your stock market expectations? Do you expect too much? Because you've gotten, we've all gotten used to too high returns. You know, we need, we're going to have returns come way down over the next few years, in my opinion. Uh, asset allocation. Are you properly allocated? I'm, I, I was looking at a portfolio today where 70% was just one stock of the whole portfolio. That, that will ruin you at some point. It can make you look like a real hero. You can feel a little great about it at some times because that stock is moving up, moving up sharply. But also it can do just the opposite just as fast. 
How much credit card debt do you have? That's much more important than the elections. Do Are you managing your credit card debt? Um, hopefully, you're managing your way out of credit card debt. It's never good to carry monthly balances on your credit card. Not a good thing. Too Way too expensive. The money's way too expensive. And don't. Don't refinance your house to pay off the credit card debt. You think that that's, well, gee, I'll refinance the house and you know, only pay 4 4.5%. Not, not when it's a 30-year mortgage. Figure out how much that's going to cost you over 30 mortgage for that T-shirt you bought or the cup of coffee you've been charging all these weeks and months. It, it, it's a fortune. Don't do that. Pay it off. And are you, what is your savings rate? How much money are you saving? How much money are you putting away in your 401k? You should at least be putting about 10% between you and your employer, 10% of your salary away every paycheck. That's that's where you should be doing. The earlier you start that, the more money you'll have. I'm Steve Peasley, and I guess that completes another day of an Invest Talk show. I appreciate it, and I thank you for doing your job being a loyal supporter of the show. Of course, I thank all the podcast listeners as well. You'll be learning much more about YCharts, and did you know that you can get a free YCharts trial? And also, a good discount. Just mention us, Invest Talk, when you talk to them. Justin and I use YCharts almost every day. Have a nice evening, everybody, and thanks for listening. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.